Hey there, this is Larry, and I'm here with Armin. You're about to listen to a great episode. But before you do, we want to let you know that we're now podcasting over at the Bold Idea Podcast. That's right, and we're not adding any new episodes to Reinventure Me, but we think you're really going to like what we're doing on the Bold Idea Podcast. We're interviewing some great guests and packing ideas and inspiration to help you put your faith to work to bring your idea to life. So when you're done with this episode, go check it out at boldideapodcast.com. Episode 104 of the Reinvention Me Podcast. Are you a person of many interests? You're told to focus, to pick a lane, but you'd rather die first. Well, relax. This is your episode. Find your next great beginning. Welcome to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. Hello and welcome to episode 104 of the Reinventure Me podcast. I'm Larry Gates. Along with Armin Asadi. Armin? Sweater man. <laughs> sweater man is not in his sweater. He is sporting a fairly cool red shirt, which I like. It's my color. It's pink. Oh. I, maybe I shouldn't have admitted to that. No, no, it's totally red. It is well, in this in this light, it looks red, but probably in real light, it is pink, and it has a, a white collar, and he's sporting a pretty cool jacket, and he is not Sweater Man today. Unfortunately. I really, I, I enjoy being Sweater Man. It's a lot more comfortable. I'm not a suit guy. <laughs> which is a which is another way of saying he was wearing the monkey suit today because he had important, important yeah, meetings, yeah. right? I was yeah. forced into this uncomfortable oh, attire. Well, well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> relax, you know, take your coat off and enjoy enjoy the ride. Oh, that's a great idea. I yeah, yeah, to. do that. You'll have a lot more fun. Hey, this is the podcast for what's next in life. We want to help you explore new ways to reinvent your life, your opportunities, and the ventures you were made to pursue. We've got, I think, a fun show coming up here, Armin. We've been talking about doing this for a little while, and it's coming back to a topic we had talked about almost 80 some episodes ago it's craziness well 80 some episodes yeah well, almost 80 episodes obviously ago. i wanted to do this because i'm selfish and every topic <laughs> i want to cover is because i want it to impact me and that's really why i do this podcast as we all know oh so. sure yes it's all about you Armin. it's all about me it's all about you <laughs> so that's why i want to do this topic <laughs> and it's bloodletting for me <laughs> so. well there we go so i i think there was i think i saw some more is is podcasting just for the narcissists? You know, when I absolutely think, it is. That's why I do it. <laughs> it, might, it, might, it might just be the narcissist and those confused about their own life that they have to go on the no on, shame, no shame. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm willing to admit it. <laughs> well, we got some of that going on too, for sure. Well, this show is going to have some episode notes, just like all the other shows do. Our mean and surprise, surprise. Right. The formula is pretty easy. Our reinventure dot me. Did you like how I said that? Our reinventure is like a pirate, right? <laughs> it's reinventure.me slash 104, and that's where you'll find the show notes for this show. Let's start with a rather short and pithy Inspire Me. You'll see why this fits in. Armin? Yeah, so this is from Margaret Lobenstein. Is that how you pronounce her last name? Lobenstein, I right. believe. Yes. Praise the Lord. I pronounced the name correctly. All well, right. I don't know. I mean, she's not here to defend herself. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. R.I.P. Um, so she, she's the person who wrote this book. She's the author of this book, The Renaissance Soul. And that's what we're basing this whole topic on. And she simply says, now is only a part of your life. 
Why is that inspiring, you ask? <laughs> <laughs> well, think about it. If you have a lot of interests, and that's what we're talking about in this show, the renaissance, do you have a renaissance soul? And her statement here, I just think, jumps off the page. Now right. is only a part of your life. Yep. And one of the things I think, being a, kind of a renaissance soulish person myself, and I don't think there's a kind of in there. I think I'm quite definitely. <laughs> yes. But we're going to talk, gonna gonna talk about this here. We've we got to d- dive into this. But I find that that statement's particularly appealing because there's a lot of anxiety that comes with being a renaissance soul. You feel like you want oh, to. Yeah. You want to get it all done. In fact, Armin, I think, I, if I haven't shown you, I will. I have a T-shirt I designed that has a bunch of light bulbs on it, and only one is lit up, and it says, so many ideas, so little time. Huh. And it expresses the creative angst, I think, that many Renaissance souls have. Yeah. Well, you might be a Renaissance soul, and if you are, that's what we want to talk about today. We're, we are going to be basing quite a bit of our discussion from Margaret Lobenstein's book called The Renaissance Soul, How to Make Your Passions Your Life. And I'm going to have a review of this on my website. But when she talks about a Renaissance soul, she's talking about, you know, partly what we talked about back in, what was it, episode 26, we talked about scanners versus divers. That's Barbara Sher's word. And and I like to use it horizontal mastery rather than vertical mastery or specialization versus generalization. There's a number of ways to do this. And of course, if you went way back to the 17th century, they'd call people like this polymaths because they had had a variety of interests, right? (laughs) So this has been around for a long time, but I think there's been a certain discomfort that Renaissance soul people feel, especially right now, because we are in such an age of specialization that you can feel out of place if you're a Renaissance soul. Especially my generation, millennials. There's a lot of us. And I I know I'm generalizing, but I'm doing it with information that backs it is that a lot of the millennial generation has multi-interests. They have a variety of interests. They want to do multiple things. They don't want to be stuck doing the same thing. Yep. And a lot of times what we hear from, say, baby boomer generation is this is not the way to success. You're basically screwing yourself. Yeah. Well, there are a number of us in older generations that have the same kind of dynamic. I was going to say disease (laughs) because sometimes it feels like that. Sure, yeah. You know, if you haven't embraced it, it will feel like a disease, like there's something wrong with you, that that you're terminal. Oh, yeah, tell me about it. Shoot me because, you know, everybody else has got their lane figured out and, and your problem is you don't know how to pick a lane. Yeah. And that's part of the dynamic that goes on. But, you know, I was thinking about our earlier comment before the show when we were talking about millennials, and millennials, I think, have a better ability to embrace multiple interests, Mm -hmm. in part because they've been conditioned in some ways growing up in a highly fast-paced social media, smartphone kind of society where everything, Google and all that is just, that's part of the environment that you grew up in, Yeah, right? The older generation didn't have that as much. Mm -hmm. And what you see, I think, is that you're able to process things, lots of information, lots of variety of things that are coming at you that you grew up in, in that culture. Yeah. Whereas access to all of that wasn't nearly as easy as it was uh, for prior generations. And so the degree to which somebody has their interest tickled by a whole variety of things, you know, cat videos on YouTube or whatever (laughs) it is, you know, you can just hyperlink off to anything. And, you know, the rise of people describing themselves as having ADD has to be enormous. I mean, I don't know what the stats are. We could probably look that up, but the number of people that probably self-diagnose as having some kind of attention deficit disorder. It's crazy. 
yeah, right? It's, but if you don't self-diagnose it, everybody else around you does. Right. Is you have ADD, obviously. Yeah, and it's almost a badge of honor in a way. I mean, it's just for some people to say that they have a ADD, you know, it's just my ADD kicking in or what right. have you. But I think one of the challenges of a true Renaissance soul is a person who is lighted up by a variety of interests, mm -hmm. and they have a challenge to say no to some of those interests. They have a challenge of saying, I'm only going to do one thing. Yeah. And I think Barbara Scherer, when we talked, we may have talked about this back in episode 26, but I think mm -hmm. she, she noted in her book, Refuse to Choose, that this is a rather modern phenomenon prior to 1950 there wasn't as much focus on specialization that we've now created this society that really rewards those who are highly specialized in a field those are the ones that usually command the largest salaries those right. who like to maintain a variety of interests generally are not as well praised yeah and so they can be seen as having something wrong with them but if you go back in the past i mean there were a lot of people going all the way back to aristotle before him you know a number of people as well that that had a whole variety of interests i mean you, lobenstein's book I and mean, she points out a few aristotle he was a logician a theologian a scientist an ethicist a rhetorician <laughs> yeah i was in <laughs> one for me too. I know, yeah, right? <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, he of course he offered the Declaration of Independence. He was a farmer, owned a nail-making business, was a diplomat, he founded the University of Virginia, he was an architect and, you know, the other small thing. The other small thing, oh. he was president of the United States. Right? No big deal. That was just a bonus. <laughs> just something you can do on the spare time. Like, right? I got, I'm not farming today. Right. I guess yeah. I'll be good president yeah. of the United States today. Nail making businesses down. I'll go, I'll go, Let's go rule the most I, powerful I'll country. See if I can get crucified by being a president. Right? Uh, Florence Nightingale was a nursing pioneer, a sanitation reformer, statistician, writer. Thomas Edison, back in episode 26, we talked about his to-do list. Yeah. And it had the whole variety of interests. Yeah, that was he was pursuing. yeah right yeah. so all of these people are renaissance kind of people mm -hmm. now here's the problem is we can look at those people and we go yeah 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 they're they're all kind of multi-interest people who've who've really made a name for themselves doing lots of different things right mm -hmm. but one of the challenges we have is well these are the famous people mm -hmm. right Th these are people that really stand out i'm not that i'm kind of an ordinary person so yeah. using a term like renaissance to apply to me seems like it's a little bit a stretch you know yeah. it seems like it's a little bit of an overreach maybe a little bit gloating you know or yeah. maybe it's not quite how we should think about ourselves but you got to remember all of these people started out early in their life when they weren't you know highly right. accomplished or or memorialized for something as well so who's to know what your path is going to bring for you when you fully embrace that you have multiple gifts right so here's the question you're probably asking is how do i know if I am a Renaissance soul. So, and this is right out of the book. So we're going to throw five signs your way that will help you find out whether you're a Renaissance soul or an RS. Yeah. An RS. There we go. <laughs> got it. We got to create acronyms, right? So the first one being well, is... Well, that's how you know you have an expert on your hands. <laughs> right? <laughs> Start throwing out, yeah. They throw out experts. Yeah, they throw out acronyms. Sounds like a right? very yeah. corporate thing to do. <laughs> so one is the ability to become excited by many things at once, mm -hmm. often accompanied by difficulty choosing. Mm -hmm. does, that, does that ring a bell for you mm -hmm. if you're listening? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So another one is the love of new challenges. Once new challenges are mastered, you're easily bored. Right. Mm -hmm. Anybody? Yep. Anybody? All right. <laughs> Can you identify with that one? <laughs> Here's another one. A fear of being trapped in the same career or activity for life. So 
yeah so if you feel like you're stuck in that same career and you don't want to be stuck in it anymore that's kind of what they're pointing out uh, another one is pattern of quick sometimes unsatisfying flings with many hobbies mm-hmm. and then the last one a successful career that has left you bored or restless yeah, if you're not any of the above <laughs> have you had a successful career and you're going oh, is did i just climb the ladder and it's on the wrong wall right you know? and even if you're not that person it's still worth listening to this episode because you're going to deal with this enigma of a person and you're not going to know how to deal with them and you're not going to be able to understand them and this might be the way for you to be able to empathize with that person or understand where they're coming oh, from. oh that's how a to great communicate yeah that's a that's a great point because i think when you are a renaissance soul you do feel very much left alone and you do feel like a lot of people don't really understand or can help you embrace yeah. The multiple interests that you have. Yeah. And we'll talk about this a little bit later, too, Armin, uh, by suggesting that someone pursue a lifestyle where you cultivate multiple interests doesn't mean that you're not disciplined in how you pursue those things. It doesn't mean that you just go willy nilly. And we have right. to talk about that because that that is one, I think, valid observation about people with multiple interests is oftentimes that's accompanied with a lack of discipline. Yeah. Oh, totally. And so they are just all over the place and you call that personality scattered. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who are really scattered that way, which they may have a lot of interest, but if you're not thinking intentionally about how you cultivate those interests, then you will be a scattered personality. I think subject more to the criticisms that most of us as Renaissance souls get. Right. I would say a lot of us who are Renaissance souls, at first, a lot of us are just scattered because we don't know how to cultivate that talent, right? Or that Mm -hmm. that ability that we have, that love that we have. And it sometimes takes someone, someone like you, you help first say, no, this is okay to be like that too, but there's a way to handle it. Three, there's a way to prioritize. Four, there's a way to make a decision. Like you, you create a process that helps you eliminate the scatterbrain syndrome. Right. Did I just make up some? Scatterbrain syndrome. I like that. SBS. There we go. <laughs> Acronym made. Do you suffer from SBS? <laughs> so, so yeah, well, a lot of us are scatterbrained, but there is a way to cultivate it and make yourself not so scattered and have a decision-making process that helps you focus and still execute. But anyways, there's a lot well, of... You know, and the squirrel's the favorite animal. <laughs> yes, yes. The funny part is the squirrel that actually distracts you outside of your house. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I still have to write about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the white squirrel. So, okay, there's some very important things that we need to talk about. Is What, is, what are those challenges that we face oh gosh you know i think uh, this would be great to have to dialogue with you about Armin because i know you are also a renaissance soul okay and let me just take a pause for a second because i really like that she called this renaissance soul rather than a renaissance person yeah because inside the soul is like this this holy place it's this place where you should come with reverence yeah and if you are made this way right it is because that is how you're made and you're to celebrate that, right? And yeah. how do you cultivate it? And the one word I don't like in there is renaissance because it sounds so big. It sounds right. so magnificent and it sounds like, ooh, that's that's uber uh, and and for somebody else. But when right. you can embrace it as it's, it's really shortcut for saying you're a person who's designed to pursue and connect a lot of things. I like to think about it as the synapse of the brain. You know, you, mm. you're, you're causing other things to connect. You're yeah. finding ways to wire a bunch of different ideas together. And that's, that's extremely valuable. And again, right I on. think we talked about that a long time ago when we talked yeah. about horizontal mastery, but you know, some of the challenges I've had, right. Is this, this sense fundamentally that something is broken. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. 
You know, that, that I ought to be, especially when you see other people advancing along and, and, and they're being rewarded for their singular focus in one area. And I know that if I tried to dive down into one area, I would absolutely go nuts. Yeah. I'd reach the point where I go, this is not interesting to me anymore. Yep. I have fascination for lots of subjects, but I don't want to be the world-class expert, the subject matter expert on all of those areas. Right. You know, and so maybe that doesn't make me a polymath, but it does certainly <laughs> make me decidedly at times feeling like there's something broken, there's something wrong. And what I haven't done is I haven't found it yet. Yeah. It's almost like you're dating mm-hmm. and you're looking for the perfect life partner. Yeah. And you just keep hoping that they're out there somewhere. Yeah. And that isn't the design of a Renaissance soul. The design of a Renaissance soul is to enjoy and embrace the present interests that you have. And it really comes back to the inspire me quote. Now is only a part of your life. Right. And if you recognize that, then you can say, look, I don't have to do one thing forever. And I don't have to be on this quest to find the one thing. I can embrace what's right in front of me, Mm -hmm. the things I'm enjoying right now, and do as well as I can or want to with those things that are right in front of me. And that's really liberating. Right. And for some of us, I think it's even more extreme. I know it's back to that topic we just covered about negative self-talk. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So for me, and I know some of the other people I'm connected to, it's it's not even that something is broken. It's I am broken. <laughs> I'm broken. Right? Yeah, right. That's exactly. what I think. Like, yeah. If people could hear the things that I say to myself, it, it's scary, right? Yeah. Like, I basically, I sit here and I think to myself, well, what are you doing? What the hell is wrong with you? Why, just, just make the decision and go with it. Why, why are you intentionally choosing to fail at life? You know, it, it, yeah, we're going to, we still have to schedule that vulnerability episode oh, for, geez. you know, where we just get inside the, um, our mind of our mean. Let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dismiss this idea quickly, please. <laughs> oh, so yes, but I yeah, agree yeah. That, that when something is broken, it is us that's broken. Right. Yeah, and, and, and it's tough because right. you, you, you can't, you, you look at yourself and you think, what are you doing? What, what you, ha- you think you have a mental disease. Well, and that creates this anxiety to solve it. Yep. And so what you end up doing then is you end up spinning up a lot more stuff, hoping that you find the perfect life choice mm-hmm. that's going to last you forever. Mm-hmm. And it creates all this anxiety and it creates all these false starts, which then contribute to a sense of failure because, oh, I didn't reach that with this thing. Well, guess what? Maybe the point is you weren't supposed to. Maybe the point is is that you're supposed to look at how you integrate a number of disciplines together rather than how you become the uber master. And, you know, I think some of the work that's been done recently, too, like Malcolm Gladwell's 10,000 hours to become an expert on Ah. something. You know, you look at that and I look at it and I go, wow, you know, somebody's figured out, and you know, that's a little bit of a flawed study, but you look at it and you say 10,000 hours to mastery and you try to do the math on that and figure out how long you go. And I go, I can't spend that. I don't have that amount of time left. You do, but you just don't want to. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And is the point really of our lives to be number one worldwide in every category we choose? I don't, I don't know that God needs that from us in order to use us. Yeah, and what's and what do you get out of being the expert? Like, do, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, it's it's almost like a well, it's a, it could perception be a, thing. Just, well, an ego thing for yeah. sure. You know, it's like I've got to be at the top, or I've got to be recognized as that. And you know, the key is, and I like what Einstein said. You know, just find a way to be of value. Right. That's it. 
Right. And you don't have to be of value to somebody else can simply be using the skill set you've already developed. Yep. But you're just intentionally leaning into using it. Right on. And, and, and I think another part of it is this whole, back to this whole expert thing that you're bringing up is so often we allow other people to define what success is for us. And just because someone says the title that you gain or the amount of money that you make or the status that you get as a quote unquote expert or not, all that stuff could be absolutely meaningless to someone. That could mean absolutely nothing to someone where uh, them being known as an expert, they just, I, I could care less. What? Why do I care about being an expert? But what I do care about is I'm a good father. I'm a good husband that I'm good at being businessman. I am good at doing ministry. I'm good at public speaking. I'm good at blah, 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 blah. And I do those things and I get to have enough different things that I'm doing in my life that satisfies me and satisfies my family and satisfies the people around me. And I add value everywhere I go. And that to me is a sign of success. Yeah. And you're going to add value to others when you're pursuing the things that are energizing and interesting to you. Yes. Because as soon as you choose an occupation or you feel you're locked into something that you have to give to and you're not getting anything from, then it becomes like the tick on a dog and it starts to suck all the life out of you and you don't have anything to give to somebody else. Right. You don't have that value to give. So when you align yourself around the recognition of how you were made to explore. And if you're one of these Renaissance souls, I'm not saying everybody is. I mean, my wife is not a Renaissance soul. She is a very specific diver. She's got her expertise. I admire her for that. And I envy her for that. You know, there are times when I'm like, I wish I could do that. Yeah. But that isn't the same as saying that that's what I should do. Right. That's a different thing. And so for me, I think it's harder oftentimes for Renaissance souls to accept themselves than it is for people who are specialists because they get so, the specialists get so much attention for their expertise. Yeah. It's, yeah. We're not dismissing being a specialist. We're not saying it's it's better to be a Renaissance person. Honestly, it's better to be a specialist. (laughs) I think it's It's easier to be a specialist. Yeah. There's way more opportunity to be successful. In in a way, it's, I mean, in, in the acceptance, Acceptance of it, it's easier to be a specialist. Yeah, everybody wants you. I, I'm not. I think. <laughs> I think either path is difficult to do when you do it right. Right. But there are some advantages to being a Renaissance. Let's talk about that. Lobenstein points out five. Yeah. If you can get behind the reason why you have a Renaissance soul, there's there's an excitement around it. That's why you kind of go dead thinking about doing one thing. So on the opposite side, when you get to do many things, there's a passion that stirs inside you. And that passion makes your performance sparkle, giving you an edge over quote unquote lifers, mm-hmm. as Lobenstein puts it. Mm-hmm. So it's that there, there's some, that's basically what Larry was just talking about, that there's, there's a spark inside of you that other people see that makes you shine and that makes people look at you differently or want to push you out front or whatever it is, but it gives you a sparkle that some other people may not have. Yeah, what is her, what, what's number two on her list? Sure. So an ability to embrace change is valued within today's corporate world and the new free agent nation. I'm not, what do you think she means by the free agent nation? Well, I think she's talking about- Is there, that like the, a freelancer thing? I think she's talking about the fact that people are, are finding ways of creating income that are not dependent on the corporate structure, right. that they're maintaining lifestyle businesses, they're maintaining portfolio of opportunities. You have a portfolio model, I do as well, where we get income from a variety of sources that capture our interest. 
Yes. So I think that's what she's talking about here because when you are embracing the the things that you have as an interest and you know that now is only a part of your life, when you look at it that way, then you can see that you're going to be changing a lot because your interests and where you spend your time over a lifetime is going to shift a lot. And right. so she's saying it's easy for you to embrace change. That's true. And corporate people will recognize that. You'll fit into a corporation even better, even if you decide to go in a corporate path. Even in a, in a corporate setting, change is one of the most volatile situations for a corporation where they have to bring in operational change management consultants right. to help them. Yep. And so if you can handle change well, it almost makes the corporate leadership a lot easier to work with. Yeah. What's number three? Um, so you're more likely to be a successful entrepreneur when you thrive on wearing many hats. And here's why. When you're an entrepreneur, you have no option. Yeah. You've got to wear many hats. Yeah. You've got your finance, your HR, your sales, your marketing, your operations, and any other little part of the business that comes in, you are it. Yep. You and you're janitor them. too. You Absolutely. can take out the trash. Absolutely. Right? Exactly. And yep. you get to be IT department quite often nowadays too. <laughs> <laughs> or unless you know Larry, you just call him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there thanks. <laughs> What's another one for you? Well, she says number four is love of variety makes you a great project manager and troubleshooter. And, and that mm. I, I find is really true. When, mm. when you like a lot of variety. I mean, if you're wondering, if you're a renaissance soul and you don't want to go out on your own, yeah. think about the skill set of being a project manager, because it's very likely if you're a renaissance soul and you got lots of interests that you probably have the ability to keep track of a lot of things at one time. Yeah. You just probably have that innate skill. And a lot of companies need project managers or they need people who are troubleshooters. And those are two totally. things that she's identified that are pretty characteristic of a renaissance soul has that skill set they can bring to the corporate world. That's right. Another thing she says is people who enjoy learning new languages and exploring new cultures are highly valued in the global economy, which if you're a Renaissance soul, you can't help it. You, you, you auto, you're automatically curious about other cultures. You, and it and doesn't always have to be, I am American, so I'm curious about Canadians or Chinese or something like that. Culture can be uh, older generation, younger generation cultures. It could be whatever, right? But it, it allows you to understand different cultures well enough to be able to communicate to it, sympathize with it, do whatever. You can sell to it. You can buy from it. You can, there's so much that you can do. Well, I think part of that too, I mean, as I'm thinking about it, as you were saying, and I was wondering, you know, kind of where was she going with it? And I don't really remember from the context of the book, but one of the things that I was thinking about that might make that true is if you're a Renaissance soul and you've got a variety of interests, it's highly likely that you also have a variety of communities that share mm -hmm. those interests because you're not likely to find friends that map to all the areas of interest that you have if you're a Renaissance soul. Right. So you're going to have some friends that know, you know, this is our ballroom dancing friends, you know, right. and these are our friends who love to talk about psychology. And here's the friends that love to do, you know, skydiving. And here's, <laughs> you know, and, and they probably, not a lot of overlap, right, between totally. those. So yeah. you're likely to be just saturated with the differences of people and enjoy seeing how that works together. So Yeah. Okay, this is the area that I think you do really well. I don't do this very well. It's the cultivation side of things. Mm -hmm. So I know you know this well, so I'm going to let you take this because I'm still working on this side of things, <laughs> as you know. Well, that's only because I've had 20 more years than you right. to, to, to cultivate I'm this not stuff, right? Up yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I see where you went with that. <laughs> Your time will come, buddy. <laughs> I already feel like it's here. All right. We already talked about this before, but I mean, I, you have to start with embracing your design is it's unique. You know, you are the only person who can be you, right? In fact, I journaled this this morning. There was a writer that I'm particularly fond of. I, was that? it was Dan Pink. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, I enjoyed totally. Dan's Pink. So yeah. I was thinking, you know, could I be like another Dan Pink? And I like as soon as I wrote that, I thought, well, that's stupid. I need to be Larry, Larry Gates. Gates right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so I but I enjoyed the way he takes subject matter and and discusses it, right? So I was thinking about that. But the key is to say no one else can do you mm. and to embrace the fact that you are different. And it isn't an either or thing. I mean, we're talking in terms of horizontal or vertical mastery. We're talking in terms of scanner or diver or specialist or generalist, but it is not a binary decision. It's a spectrum. Hmm. And we are all going to have different degrees to which we want to go deep in a subject matter and to embrace where you are on that continuum. That's an important first part. Right. And if you find that you're really closely aligned with the Renaissance soul, it's got a variety of interests and, and, and all the stuff that we've been talking about that you're dealing with that somehow you feel out of place. The best way to embrace your design is stop apologizing. For I it. love that. Yeah. Right on. You know, you just have to say, I have a whole variety of interests that I love to cultivate. Yeah. Right. And just that becomes your calling card, not your liability. Mm -hmm. It becomes the thing that you can go to town with and say, this is my gifting. This yeah. is the thing that I do well. I keep a variety of interests going. I like to keep supercharged. I like to, to find ways to connect the dots. I like to connect people from disparate places. I yeah. like to be the person that people think of. As somebody said to me, you ought to meet them. I can't tell you why, but there's some, you know, you ought to meet them. <laughs> you know, it's right. like, because I can't figure out what you do. Right. right? It's right. just like I do a lot of different things and I enjoy that. But not only embrace it by stop apologizing, here's the key. you got to stop drifting. What do you mean by that? Well, see, this might sound like I'm giving you the advice that a specialist would give to. Focus. Right, focus, focus. right? <laughs> now, the key is, is it's part, part of what we talked about before. You can have a lot of interests, but you're not doing anything intentional about them. Mm. And that's what I mean by drifting. Yeah. Is is this that you're just everything's just kind of coming at you and you're not thinking intentionally about how you cultivate and grow. So what I mean by drifting is that you're gonna start creating the life that you want to live. You're gonna start looking at the things that you have an interest in and finding ways to cultivate them. And one of the things that Margaret Lobenstein talks about is to create focus points or mm. focus areas. So identify three or four different focus areas again that you want to do now. Not that you're trying to cultivate for the whole lifetime, and you're right. going to work on it for as long as you want. Imagine that you have a portfolio, and we talked about this back right. in episode 26, right? How to manage a portfolio. So I have three or four different focus areas, and you're yeah. going to say, how much time am I going to give to each focus area, and then decide, what am I going to do in that? Mm -hmm. And as a Renaissance soul, as somebody who likes to keep a lot of options open, I keep a to-do list in each of those areas. I use things as my project management tool, and I actually, they have areas, and I have areas for my various interests. And when something comes up, an idea comes up, I put it in there, yeah. and it's in my area. So now I know if I want to work on something in that area, I just go to my list, I see what's there, and I find what I have energy to do. Hmm. And it keeps you having the fluid structure that you like to have, yet you're still intentionally cultivating an area of interest. So keep it as a portfolio, identifying the three or four back to our, our inspire me quote. Now is only part of your life. You know that in a year from now, those three might change. Yeah. And then you cultivate those and like you see that. where they go. Yeah. Right on. It's, it's the both and world. It's not, you're, you're focusing, but you're not 
you're not just being completely reactionary or whatever ha- comes up. I feel like this at the moment, which gets you nowhere quickly. Right. Because when you know what your next thing you could do, you're more likely to do it than if you don't have any idea what you would do. You're going to go default to to drifting again. Right. Yeah. Right on. I love that. I love that. If we had to take this to, and I'm scared to ask you, but what would be the challenge if we had to take this to a challenge? Because I don't have one. Well, the challenge me, I think here would just be Go get fixed. There's something fundamentally wrong with you. If you're <laughs> Just thought of my dog. <laughs> oh, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do that. I don't know where your brain goes sometimes, I mean, but It's your fault, Larry. No, you're, all seriousness now, here's a challenge. Maybe if this episode uh, rings true for you and if you find yourself to be a renaissance soul, then think about what your focus points are. Think about what your now focus points are. What are those th- two or three things that capture your interest right now, write them down and think about what are ways in which you can cultivate each of those Mm. and maybe schedule some time on the calendar to say, this is my intentional time that I'm going to develop myself in those three or four focus areas or whatever they are. Yeah. I love that. That's what Jay just had. One of my mentors had me do. And the amount of clarity and peace that gives you is so good. Right on. I appreciate that challenge. Good. All right. Well, I mean, that's probably all the time that we have for this this episode. In fact, we might be over a little bit, but we'll Perfect. see what our engineer can do here to clean <laughs> us up. But we want to thank you for being a part of this episode. I hope that you found it helpful. Go to reinventure.me slash 104. Leave us a comment on the show. If you're a Renaissance soul, tell us what it's like. What are some of the challenges you've had? What are some of the ways in which you've dealt with that, grappled with it? What are some of the strategies you've had? Share your ideas on our show notes or leave us a question at 612 314 Four, four, seven. And this is Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. And we're saying so long. We're looking forward to being with you next week. You've been listening to the Reinventure Me podcast with your hosts, Larry Gates and Armin Asadi. 